from New Christian Life Church, located at 3945 Old Boynton Road, Boynton Beach, Florida, 7828, where the pastors are Richard and Emma Butler. your holy name. Hallelujah. Let's just shift a little bit, okay? Hallelujah. We bless your name, Father. We thank you just for who you are, not for anything that you've done and anything that you could potentially do for us, Father. I just bless you because you're God. Besides you there, there is no other Without you, we are nothing and can do nothing. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. The Bible says, be still and know I'm God. Thank you. Pushing past our emotions, what we think and what we know. Thank you that you're still God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the word. It's piercing. It divides. It exposes. It reveals. It rebukes. It chastises, it builds up, it tears down, it sheds light, it brings truth, it brings deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you. Your will be done, Father. Hallelujah. Take your seats. Thank you. Before we get into the word, I just I want to share a little testimony with y'all. Um this this suit that I got on is my oldest suit. Um, I wore this suit on the cruise when I proposed to my wife. So it's older than, than that, and that was 2004. This suit's got to be close to 20 years old. And the significance of it is that I can wear it. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Um, June 28, 2014, I had a vision uh, from the Lord, and the Lord showed me my grave, my name on it, on a tombstone, and I declared to the Lord that day that I would die and allow Christ to live in me. And I remember that date because it's a significant date, and I'm a person that journals. Um, if you're not journaling, if, if you don't make memorials, 
in your life of what God has done for you, in you and through you, you you're missing God. You're just absolutely, you're, you're missing God. You're not going to remember all the great and mighty things that God has done for you. God could have done something two months ago. You'll forget it. Let a new storm rise in your life or, or nothing, another affliction or persecution come. You'll forget. And you can go back. And I went back this week, and, and God reminded me five and a half years ago that I declared that to the Lord. And over the last five and a half years, God has taken me through a systematic deconstruction of everything that I ever was and everything I ever believed in and everything I ever thought. And it took five and a half years for me to completely die to my own will and to my own wants and my own desires and to completely give my life over to Christ. It might come as a surprising thing to you that I would stand in a pulpit and preach to you all and not having been completely surrendered unto Christ. But I can say today, as of this date, for sure, without uh, any doubt in my mind that my life belongs to him and it's hidden in him. And everything I do and everything I am, the very breath that I breathe is because God has graced me with it. And um, I'm just excited. Not everybody has that testimony. And I could not preach what I'm about to preach to you without God accomplishing this in my life. Amen. And so the title is, and it's funny because I was laughing at the first service, it's just Jesus. It's, it's just Jesus. Not it's just Jesus. The title is Jesus. One word, Jesus. And so I'm going to read a few scriptures to you. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. This scripture is talking about Jesus. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I'm still talking about Jesus. Psalms 97, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. The earth has good sense to rejoice at the Lord. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and justice are the habitation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlighten the world. The earth saw and trembled. Trembled at what? At the very presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people shall see his glory. I'm still talking about Jesus. Psalms 19:1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The voice of the heavens declaring the glory of God, of how great God is in his majesty. I'm still talking about Jesus. First Chronicles 29, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine, and thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come of thee, and thou reigns over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand is to make great and to give strength to all. I'm still talking about Jesus. Psalms 90. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever has formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. God is an everlasting God. He always was and will always be. 
even before you were born and even after you die, God will still be God. He's everlasting. There, he's not time bound. He always was and he will always be from everlasting to everlasting. I'm still talking about Jesus. Psalm 93, thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. I want you to know that this book that we call the Bible, this holy Bible, is not talking about men. This holy Bible is talking about God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. If you ever want to know Jesus, if you ever want to meet God, open up this book. Oh, God. Psalm 47, the Lord most high is terrible. He's a great king over all the earth. I want you to know there's a lot of little stickers on people's cars around here that says, and it's a little, sim it's symbolic. It says the cross equals heart or cross equals love. I want you to know that before God was love, God was holy. God is holy. As a matter of fact, his love stems from his holiness. As a matter of fact, the main attribute of God is that he's holy. His righteousness is holy. His, his judgments are holy. His love is holy. His joy is holy. His peace is holy. It's a cut above. Genesis 17, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Isaiah 45, I am the Lord and there is none else. Jesus is the reason. You listen to this song? Not material things. I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God beside me. I gird thee, and thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, there is none else. I'm still talking about Jesus. Isaiah 53, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a, out of dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. I'm still talking about Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men. He's still being despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid it as our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He's still despised and still not being esteemed. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. We heard this morning, it's full of wonder. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hebrews 1 talks about Jesus, who being the brightness of the Father's glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, when he had by himself purged whose sins? Your sins, our sins, my sins, and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Exodus 20 says this, I am the Lord thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. No, God didn't bring you out of Egypt. You was born in America, most of us were. But God brought you out of a place of bondage. And he says this, you will have no other gods before me. You know, 
today, uh, I don't have a feel-good message. I guarantee you won't walk out with a smile on your face. Maybe you will because you have the joy of the Lord. But I'm not here to make you feel good and to tell you how God just wants to bless you and how he wants to do all these great things for you. And God completely understands why you are the way you are and why you don't serve him the way you say you serve him. I'm not here to do that. I'm here simply to talk about Jesus. No gimmicks today. You know, I have a question. When you hear these words that are inspired by God, the reason that this is called the Holy Bible is because these are holy words, and they're holy words because they came from a holy God. And when you hear Jesus, and when you have a revelation of Jesus, what, what is your response, men and women of God, young people, children, teenagers, young adults? What's your response? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, he has an open vision of heaven, and there's angels around the throne of God with six wings, two covered their faces, two covered their feet, and two they flew with, and they continually declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and they cease not to declare this. Why do they say that? Were they pre-programmed to say that? No, because they're in the very presence of a holy God, and their response to what they're experiencing in their presence is complete and total pure holiness. I can like it unto um, a child uh, coming to a stove and coming close to it and then taking their hand away and immediately saying hot is their response to it. They didn't have to think that the stove was hot. Immediately it was a response to the heat. And so the angels in the very presence of God, in the very throne room of God, declare not to cease, declare uh, continually that he is holy. What's your response? We read that creation has a response to God. Creation, it, it, it functions. It's this worship. The stars, they, 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 they burn. The earth, it functions as it should. According to the word of God, even as he spoke, it obeys God because it functions. What's your response to Jesus? This is no big deal. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is not some kind of organized religion or set of rules and do's and don'ts and some form of morality and behavior modification. If you want that, you can go to some of these other religions that are works-based. This is faith-based. Them that come to God must believe. The devils in hell tremble. They know there's a God. They have good sense to tremble. What is your response to Jesus? I want you. There's a word in Scripture, Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And you see it in Psalms a lot. And a lot of times we just read and we skip right over. What that word means, it says pause. And think on these things that you just heard. What was your re response to God? Take an inventory of your life. Go back and, and think about where you were and where God brought you from. Man, the, the, the pit that you were in. And, and then Jesus, he didn't just reach down and pull you out. But he, he got down in the pit with you where you were. In your darkness, you couldn't see, had no way out. 
He got down there in you. With the, he got down in there with you and showed you how to come out. Who has translated you from darkness into his marvelous light. What's your response to these truths? God said to Saul, after he anointed him and made him king over all Israel, and Saul had no confidence in him. And then he rebelled against God. He disobeyed God. And God said to him through the, the prophet, when you were low in your own sight, when you were nothing, when, you, when you, you, you didn't even know who you were, you didn't know what you could potentially be, I called you when I anointed you, when I pulled you. When you were lowly, before you were saved, before you came into the knowledge of Christ, before you understood who God was in your life, do you remember those days? I remember those days. I, I remember living years, years and years and years for myself, for nothing, empty, vain, void, wasted years. For what? What's your response to Jesus? I think about my grandfather that passed away. At the end of his life, it was tragic to watch, hard to see. I thank God that he gave me an opportunity to witness to him, and I believe that he got saved. But he lived his whole life, and everything that he did was for nothing. Empty, vain, nothing, void, pointless. Money that he got, property that he got, people he met, wives, children, meant nothing. Is that what you want your testimony to be? At the end of your life, you look back, man, I didn't bow my knee to the creator. I didn't bow my knee to the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. The sign back there says Jesus is Lord, and that sign says King of Kings. And that sign says Lord of Lords, and that sign says Lion of the tribe of, of Judah. And back there, lift high the name of, of Jesus. And we come in church. It's just whatever. It's just Whatever. It's Jesus. You know, God loves you. Oh, and then when, when sin, when God shows sin in your life, stuff in your life that ought not to be there, you say, all oh, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Enough, isn't, that, isn't that quite convenient to use God's word and take it completely out of context? That's for people that are self-righteous. But them that have the Holy Ghost, them that have the very breath, the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God in them. You say that. I never told you that you got the Holy Ghost. You said you have the Holy Ghost. And a man that says they have the Holy Ghost ought to have a holy life. Ought to. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Preacher, that sounds traditional and, and old school. And, and, and you're just, you don't understand. We're under uh, new times. The new culture. Take an inventory on where you're at in your life. No, there's nothing wrong with this kind of preaching. I absolutely love this kind of preaching. I love God to come and meet me in my little comfort zone and tear everything apart. You know, my prayer for y'all is not that God would just bless you and keep you comfortable. As a matter of fact, I pray that God would turn your life upside down. 
So you can be like in the book of Acts that they talked about those believers that them go them that turn the world upside down. See, God has to completely and turn you upside down and inside out and show you just how great and mighty and holy he is. Who could stand in the presence of a holy God? And that's what happened to me. You know, I get before God and he showed me. I said, God, am I that bad? Do I got that much that needs to be cleaned up? Yeah. Yeah. If you really want the anointing to rest upon you, if you really, if you really want my power to rest on you, you will have to completely surrender and die. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God showed me this week, Luke chapter 12, unless a corn of wheat fall to its ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bring forth much fruit. Any man that loves his life will lose it. Any man that hated his life in this world, huh? come on, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. What's your response to this? What, 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 was it really God that saved you? No, seriously, was it, was it really God that saved you? You know, we dance, we shout, we, we do all these things. It's, it's great, God saved me, God. What, was, it, was it really God that saved you and delivered you? Or was it just a coincidence? Did just things just work out? Does, does your life bring glory and honor to the Father? You know, the one that created heaven and earth, Jesus, the one who created all things and condensed himself down into a man and then took that body and laid it down and then took it back up again. The one who was holy and righteous, who knew no sin, yet became sin, that you might become the righteousness of him. That one. Did he, did he save you? It, this, this time of the year, it's such a joke. Now, seriously. We, we say, Jesus is the reason for the season. And, G, and the truth be told, y'all just want to open up presents. You know, you can put on a facade all you want. You ain't fooling God. You can fool me. You can fool everybody. You can even fool yourself. But you ain't fooling God. Because God knows your heart. He knows your intentions. He knows your purposes. He knows why you do what you do and who you are. Just be open before God. God, you know what? I really... Don't love you like I say I do. I say you're Lord, but you're really not my Lord. Because I haven't surrendered my life to you. I've had those conversations. I can't preach this if I didn't lived it. Clean hands. I got clean hands.
I never preach nothing that I don't first experience. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Is your life a living worship and sacrifice unto God? Oh, God, you understand that I just don't have time. I have to go to work, and I got kids, and, and it is, and it is, and it is. I, you, you understand. If, if I never get in your presence, if I never pray, if I'm not serving you like I ought to, you, you, you understand. Because you're all merciful. You, you rely on God's mercy. And you rely on God's love and his gentleness and his goodness and his long-suffering and his patience. And you think he can't be touched. Is your life a, a living sacrifice? If creation, a tree, can do what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to grow, have leaves, bear fruit, in season, out of season, it's supposed to because it's a tree. And you being a child of God, you've taken in the breath of the Almighty. You were created to worship him, to show forth praises unto your God. How can I do that? By obeying God. Come on. This is not difficult. When you understand that he's a holy God, that he's real. Man, go to school. You heard it this morning. The things that are not seen influence the things that we see. The devil has been singing a lullaby to people and putting people to sleep. Oh, you get us in and out of church, preacher. We got to get bound. The game is coming on. Don't come to church then. Uh, forgive me, I'm not the pastor. Those hidden places nobody knows about but him. Have you surrendered it to him? When you consider the works of his hands, do you not tremble at the thought of standing before him? I, tr I tremble at the very notion of standing before a holy God in whom I am going to have to give and account for of everything I've done in my life. In the book of Revelations, Minister Joyce Lynch, she touched on it this morning, the, the elders. The scripture says that they take off their crowns and they throw them down and they bow down and worship and continually say, praise our God, hallelujah. The angels continue to declare, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The earth is the only place where God is not honored and worshipped in the beauty of holiness. And besides Satan and the fallen angels, man is God's only creation that you will find rebellion. Creation will function as it should. Everything else will be what it's supposed to be, but you'll find rebellion in man. Jesus came to a fig tree. He saw it from afar off, and it was leafy, and it was green. And the scripture says that it was not in season to bear figs. And he walked up to it, and he cursed it. The creator of the universe, the master walks up to a tree, and a tree, he needs to eat. He needs fruit. It doesn't matter that it's not season for the tree. The tree needs to obey the master. 
And so when he gets to the tree and he finds no fruit, he curses it because it's not functioning the way he created the function. It's not responding to him. If creation can praise God and show forth his nature, why can't we? The Bible says if you love him, obey his commandments. And I'm telling you, God's commandments and his word, it's not grievous. It's not a hard thing to live a holy life. Preacher, are you saying that you're perfect? No, but I sure enough live a holy life. The Bible says if any man sin, he said, I write these things to you that you sin not. But if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? But the scripture says, if you sin, not when you sin. Sin ought to be an abnormality in the life of a believer. Yeah. Don't take the grace of God as an occasion to the flesh. You read the, I've been re reading the book of um, John. And John is very unique from the four Gospels. John only has seven miracles in it. If you read John from like chapter 3 to about chapter 8, it's very repetitive. Here's Jesus coming in, and he's constantly trying to get people to understand that he came from the Father, and he's going back to the Father, and the Father and him are one, and he's only here for one purpose, to do the Father's will. To complete the Father's will. I only do those things that the Father says. I only speak what he's spoken. Me and him are one. I don't deviate outside of it. But when it comes to us, and God has called us to a, to a holy calling, a higher calling, to be in the world but not of the world, to be light and to be not darkness, we say, well, God understands. God gets me. And I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to always get it right. And it's a crutch. Because you just don't want to obey God. Let's come on, let's be honest. I ain't God, but you know what the answer to me. But at the end of the day, you just want to do what you want to do. Is it right? I'm sorry. Y'all look at me. Am I right? You just want to do what you want to do. I mean, that was me. I just want to do what I want to do. All right, y'all. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this. I'm going to be done. If you can live in sin and it does not bother you anymore, I'm going to tell you who you are. You're lukewarm. And you do not have a clear revelation of the love of God. You don't. The Bible says we love him because he loved us first. And he also says if you love him, you'll obey his commandments. So if I'm not obeying God, it means I don't have a good grasp or revelation of his love for me. And over these five and a half years that God has taken me through this process where he's torn me down and torn me down and I thought I was there. And he, I got there and I realized I wasn't nowhere close and they continued to tear me down and tear me down and tear me down. I begin to come into the knowledge of the love of God that in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of how broken and jacked up and fallen I am, that God loves me through those things. He loves me through them to bring me out of them. 
Did you read anywhere in Scripture where Jesus met anybody and left them the same? Did you find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus found somebody in sin and said, well, I understand that that's just the way that God made you. That's what people like to think. Oh, God made me this way. And, and so, no, no, he didn't make you that way. No, he didn't make you that way. You're created for a purpose. Hallelujah. I heard a, a sermon by a man of God. It's so powerful. It stuck with me. I heard this probably nine years ago. He talked about three things that happen to you when sin is in your life. Here's a telltale sign when sin is dominating your life. And sin can come in two ways. You always think about sin like adultery, you know, the big bad stuff, like the sin of commission. But there's also the sin of omission. Sin of commission is, is doing what you're not supposed to do. And sin of omission is not doing what you're supposed to do. Like when God is telling you to do something or God has called you to something or God has said you should do this and you refuse to do it, that's omission. To him that knows to do right and do it not, to him it's sin. Three things happen when sin is running rampant in your life. First, you lose your ears. You don't hear God. You don't hear him like you used to. Remember when you first got saved, you were on fire for God? You just love Jesus, man. You... Couldn't nobody tell you nothing about Jesus. Couldn't, no, couldn't nobody come between you and your walk with God. You lose your ears. You don't hear God. He's drowned out by the things, your cares, whatever you want to do. He's drowned out. You've, you've completely shut him down. You lose your ears. Next thing, you lose your tears. You're never broken before God. Remember when... The preacher used to preach or your song used to come on and you get so broken, you'd be down at the altar weeping, crying out to God, not because you needed anything, just because he's God. Just because he's God. Remember those days? You lose your tears. You're not broken before God. Nothing moves you. Preacher preaches. All right, cool. Keep it moving. It doesn't even bother you. It doesn't prick you. Don't cut you. Don't bother you. Fall asleep. You sleep in church. Who does that? Sorry if I just woke somebody up. You sleep when the Holy Ghost is preaching. You sleep. You have no fear. You lose your ears. You use your, te your tears and you lose your fear. Your awe, your reverence, your respect of Almighty God. Telltale sign. If you lost these things, you're in sin. And it's time to repent. It's not a hard thing to do. It's not a hard thing to acknowledge. You know what? God, I'm not right with you. I'm not, I've been, I've been envious of my brother. God had to tear some, I mean, all kind of stuff up from me. Pride, jealousy, envy, covetedness, sexual immorality. All these things had to be torn from me. And like nothing was left. And then God takes you and builds you back up. But this time when, when I got built up, I have this foundation that is Christ Jesus. That is solid and firm. And I, listen, I can't be shaken. I can't be moved. 
pastor mother. What what is this? What is this new Christianity about that I see now? Where it's just grace of God and you can do what you want and come and go as you please and your life never has to change. What what, what is that something new? Because well, I read the book and I look. I go back to the book and I look. This doesn't look like the book. This doesn't look like what Jesus said. What what are we doing? What is this seeker-friendly church stuff? What is, what, what is this men-pleasing, this itching ears stuff, this cute, charismatic, you know, come up with clever stuff? What is this stuff about? Not produce anything, but a bunch of empty, false converts. I, I long for the days I listen to a lot of men of old and I hear their testimony of how people used to sit in tents outside, rain or shine, hours, just to get in the presence of God, just to be in his presence, just to be with him. What happened to those days? Are they gone forever? I don't believe that. What happens to the revivals when when people was to come out to church five days a week and had no problem with it. You had to beg them. You had to put flyers out and social media, call them, hey, you going to come to church? Hey, you going to come to church? And wanted God. You see, what happens when you put out this, this false thing, this religion, nobody wants that. We don't hunger and thirst after religion. People don't hunger and thirst after gimmicks and shows. But man, when God... He's in the building. When you know that, now I'm going to meet Jesus. Now I'm going to hear the words of Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to learn more about Jesus. The scripture says, wherever Jesus would, there was multitudes. Thousands. You had to make a, make a, make a, make a church. Why? He's God. <laughs> How will you respond to Jesus in this season? Will you just go home after this, you know, like a typical Sunday? Man, he preached. It was good. It was cleansing to the soul. And then Tuesday, you're right back at the same thing. Tell tell sign that the word has not taken root in you. Tell tell sign. So gauge your life, you know. You're responsible. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're responsible for you. I'm not responsible for nobody in this building but this guy right here. So you, you gauge your life, where you're at. You know, do you want to go higher with God? Do you want your life to be a living worship? Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy for a Christian to sin? I'm trying to wrap my head around this thing, Pastor Butler. I really am. Why is it so easy for a believer who says they know Jesus? Why is it so easy for them to sin? Take no thought for it. Sorry, hate to kill the mood. Yeah, back to reality, Mama, that's right. 
God is from everlasting to everlasting. And parents, I love the skit. I love the children singing. But man, if you're not training up your child in the way they should go, if at home you're not looking like Jesus, you're not talking about Jesus, then don't be surprised when that child gets older and they ever hear and in darkness. Don't cry out. Don't say, God, where were you? Amen. So be it. We have to get to this place where we were. Like when you first got saved, you were just broken before God. You used to be at the altar crying. You didn't care who was watching. You laid out crying, slob coming out your mouth, snot, everything, ugly. You didn't care because God revealed himself to you. Because God showed up in your life. Because you were crying out to God. You were in desperate need of a Savior. And the Savior made himself available to you. And now life has happened. And God has blessed you and given you all your little desires and everything that you want. And you just did just like those nine lepers. You went away and you forgot to come back. This is, a, this is a good day. It's a good time to reflect where you're at because the time is not too short. You yet have time. And you can choose this day that, you know what? I'm determined to serve God. Jesus said it plainly. Broad is the way to destruction. Wake up, young man. Broad is the way to destruction. Many go. I'm not going to be part of that many. All the things that we live for, jobs, careers, all this stuff that we're trying to attain, even in the kingdom, everything that we're trying to do, if it's not led by God, it's pointless completely pointless. Minister Joycelyn, can I say something to you? Pastor Tim, you don't mind, do you? I want to pray. Can you stand? As I was up there, man, I love Jesus. He's so faithful. This is Psalm 18. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, and he is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord, and who is a rock save our God? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. Make my feet like hinds feet and set me upon high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. 
they are fallen under my feet. Thou hast girded me with strength unto battle, and thou hast subdued those under me that rose up against me. And the reason that I share this with you is that you're in a season of battle. Let me just take you by the hand. And I've been there, and I know you've been there, but this is a season to fight. And I'm telling you that even as you gird yourself up, the scripture says that God has anointed you and he's made you strong and mighty. He has empowered your life for triumph. And God is pouring fresh oil over you. This is a season to battle and to fight. And I'm telling you, this season, this season, this season, hear the word of the Lord. You continue and press on until you beat this enemy as the dust of the earth. You stop not, neither keep, neither cease from pursuing until he be beaten as the dust of the earth and he's no more. Father, I bless you. I give your name praise. Thank you for the oil, Father. Thank you for the anointing for this season to be able to be conquerors and even victorious in battle, Father. I thank you that you've called her for such a time as this, Father. I thank you for the place of warring. I thank you that you've made her feet like hinds feet, Father. I thank you that you've given her an ability to climb a mountain that seems so unsurmountable, Father. I thank you that even as she climbs this mountain, Father God, I thank you that as she gets to the top, Father, I thank you it'll be just as it said in your word. You will lift up her head round about her enemies surrounding her, Father. I thank you that she'll be able to see afar off and even down the road father I thank you father all that's concerning her her husband her family father God her children and a grandchild father I thank you that she'll be able to see <laughs> thank you father in this season she'll be able to see what is even yet to come father and I thank you father in the name of Jesus that everything that she places her hands upon everything that she touches every place the sole of her feet goes father it's blessed Thank you that you've given it into our hand, Father. I thank you for the great victory, Lord Jesus, and I bless you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for the man of God. I bless you for his life. I thank you, Father, now in the name of Jesus for the anointing of God. I thank you for the plans, purposes, and even callings of God. They are without repentance. Father, I thank you. You would never withdraw your hand from this man. Father, I thank you. You would never withdraw your gifting from this man. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that your gifts would well up, Father God, and be stirred up like never before. Father, I thank you for the great and mighty Holy Ghost. I thank you for the spirit of the living God on the inside of him. I thank you for the mind of Christ, Father. I thank you that his head is guarded by the helmet of salvation, O oh God. Father, I thank you in this season, in this hour, O oh God. He'll stand tall, Father, not only in the natural but also in the spiritual, Father. I thank you that he'll stand tall, taller than he's ever stood before. Father, and I thank you that no weapon formed against this man and his family shall prosper. It cannot and it will not be successful, but I thank you that his mouth will become like the mouth of a learned one, Father. Lord, I thank you that his tongue will be the pen of a ready writer, O God. Father, I thank you that there'll be a sword in his mouth, O God, that, Father, even as he speaks, so shall it be. Father, I thank you for bringing up faith in his heart, so even as he speaks, Father, it'll be. It's in Jesus' name. Father, I just bless you. Let's stand. You know, if it was me, I've been done, been at this altar. 
Because I don't need, you don't have to wait for an altar call. I'd have been down there. 